This is Real Estate News with Kathy Fedke. Co-living appears to be doing quite well despite the pandemic. A new report from Cushman and Wakefield shows a rent collection dip toward the beginning of the pandemic and a rebound from there. Even though we're still dealing with the pandemic, co-living companies are moving forward with plans for major expansions across the U.S. I'm Kathy Fetke, and this is Real Estate News for Investors. Cushman and Wakefield researchers say the pandemic has created some challenges because of a dip in occupancy and, of course, rents. But the report points out that co-living rentals were able to maintain higher occupancy and rent collection levels than conventional Class A rentals in urban areas. One of their survival strategies was to provide housing for medical professionals during the pandemic. The New York Times reports that the Outpost Club had 350 bedrooms in 20 buildings throughout the city and lost more than 100 tenants. It filled many of those vacancies by offering discounted rents to medical workers. It also waived the deposit and offered flexible cancellation terms. Other co-living companies made similar offers. It says that co-living occupancy was ranging from 96% to 99% before the pandemic, compared to 94.4% for Class A multifamily. As of July, those percentages fell to 91.2% for co-living and 90% for the multifamilies. Co-living rents also held up better with a 9.4% dip from March to April, compared to an 11.7% decline for Class A studio rentals. The report points out that co-living was growing rapidly as an asset class before the pandemic. It went from about 100 beds in 2014 to more than 7,000 by the end of last year, and it's now maturing into an established niche sector, with tens of thousands more in the pipeline. The report says by the end of Q2 2020, there were nearly 8,000 institutionally operated co-living beds across a dozen markets, with over 54,000 beds in various stages of evaluation and development. The biggest operator is Common, with 2,400 current U.S. beds and 17,600 in development. Open Door only has 255 beds right now, but is planning another 11,850. Other big names in co-living are the X Company. Society, Star City, Quarters, Ollie, Node, The Collective, and We Live. Researchers expect them to do well. They said in the report, investors can expect a rebound in occupancy rates in 2021 as major cities reopen and the workforce returns to the office in some capacity. Operators will have to adapt to a post-pandemic world, though, where more and more people are working remotely. That means they may have to incorporate more co-working shared space or in-unit workspaces for tenants. But this may be an ideal time to accommodate those changes since there are so many co-living projects in development. Developers and operators are expecting demand to grow as the pandemic subsides. It's a housing model that delivers benefits to both owners and renters because it combines the cost-effectiveness of higher density for landlords and more affordability for tenants. The report says that co-living gives tenants a 20 to 30% discount in total housing costs and landlords a 25-50% to increase in rents per square foot. Among the challenges in this ecosphere are for co-housing operators. Unlike co-living, they lease homes or buildings that are adapted for co-living and often hold numerous leases with different owners. That can drive up costs and complications. The report offers two examples of co-housing challenges during the pandemic. One was Hubhouse, which said in September that it will be shutting down. The other is Bungalow, which announced that it will be renegotiating the terms of its lease agreements with the owners. 
The report expressed optimism about the strength of the co-living model and its ability to stage a strong comeback. Commons CEO Brad Hargreaves also feels confident about the future of co-living and the company's expansion plans. He told The Times, by the time we deliver these projects, we'll be on the other side of this and people will be perhaps willing to socialize more than they did before to make up for lost time. We'll see. If you're interested in reading more about the co-living market, you'll find a link to that report on the player page for this podcast at newsforinvestors.com. I'm Kathy Fetke, and thanks so much for joining me here on Real Estate News for Investors.